Welcome to Illinois Family Spotlight, a conversation about faith, family, freedom, the state of Illinois, our nation, and conservative action. Here's David Smith and Monty Larrick. Thanks for making Illinois Family Spotlight part of your day. I'm Monty Larrick. Illinois could become the most pro-abortion state in the nation, thanks to action by Democrats in the General Assembly. Senate Bill 25 will remove several life-protecting provisions in state law. Sponsors in March also filed a bill that would repeal Illinois' Parental Notice of Abortion Act, but so far that measure has failed to advance in the legislature. We spoke with Tim Moore, the head of Springfield Right to Life, about the path forward for life advocates. It's a discussion that took place outside the organization's office, which is next door to a Planned Parenthood. Pro-life organizations like Springfield Right to Life and others, churches, individuals, pro-life individuals, need to keep the pressure on. We have to do more to persuade abortion-minded moms and dads. We have to show them sonograms. We have to step up our social activity. What I mean by that is What's the whole continuum of care that is making that young woman and, and her uh, spouse or baby daddy or whatever you want to call it, what's making them make that choice? And we need to step in as church and say, we can, take, we can cover that for you. You need rent, we can cover your rent. You need a job, we're going to get you a job. You need drug rehab, we're going to get you rehab. We need to do that, not the government. If we do that, we take away the desperation and we do that right now. And meanwhile, we throw out the bums and we get our own folks in there. You know, we get people like you, Monty, or others, and we say, hey, go run for office. And, and again, we step out of our comfort zone to do that. I, I've done that. I've run for office. I was elected, and I've stopped some things from happening. But it, it is uncomfortable. But, you know, I, I always just think of our Lord's passion. I think, well, I, I think I can handle this for a little bit. Repealing parental notice. I think a lot of folks would say, well, it's just parental notice. Uh, what's the big deal? It's not like parental consent, but parental notice is having an impact in Illinois. It does. I agree with your statement, but I think the general population, the general citizenry is confused. They, they conflate parental consent with notification, and they're two different things. The consent is I'm consenting to allow my daughter to get her ears pierced because she's not 18 versus the ear piercing company is notifying me that my underage daughter is going to get her ears pierced. In Illinois, right now, we only have the notification. We don't have a consent law. I wish we did have a consent law. As I just stated, you can get your ears pierced with your parents' consent. You can get an abortion without your parents' consent. You simply have to notify them. And then we, there are so many loopholes in that, the judiciary basically steps in and takes parental notice away if, if they deem it to be uh, critical enough. That said, parental notice is a good thing because it's a foothold in that process of letting parents be the parent. And I've heard the argument that doing away with uh parental notice in Illinois is a vote for more sex trafficking, a vote for more statutory rapists. There's no doubt that even having parental notice on the books 
reduces the total number of abortions. It reduces the, the sex trafficking because the result of the sex trafficking is increased abortions. Because if that young woman is, is trapped in a, in a sex slave environment, if you will, she's going to get pregnant because the contraception has a high failure rate, especially what birth control centers, if you will, give out. That's the cheapest contraception, whether it's prophylactics or pills or whatever, has a high failure rate. So those sex trafficked victims are going to come here next. That's their solution is to get an abortion. Well, what do you think the motivation for this extreme legislation is? They say women should have more access. They're calling it the Reproductive Health Act. The motivation is the same motivation it's been since the, it's been to break up the family. It's been to replace the family with the government. It's been to control the population. These folks operate from a politics of scarcity rather than a politics of abundance. Where's the legislation that underwrites adoptions? Where's the legislation that, that frankly, that provides more health care and more inspections for facilities like Planned Parenthood? Where is that legislation? We're not seeing any of that. All we're seeing is, as the legislator in, in Georgia said, we got to kill them now or kill them later. That's the, that's the ideology that these folks subscribe to, and they put it into law, and it sounds nice and clean, and, and it sounds all very uh, driven by good legislative intent. But under, underneath that is the demise of the family and, and the uh, usurpation of parental rights with, with government as the nanny state as the government actor. How do pro-life organizations, churches, uh, faith-based institutions go about countering the argument that this is about women's health care, that abortion is health care? What do we need to be saying to counter that? Abortion is still very, a very dangerous and very uh, prone to go wrong in a number of ways. I won't go into the detail on that. but. Abortion is not health care. Out of the two patients that enter that facility, one of them comes out alive. That's not health care. If, if I were a doctor practicing medicine and I had 50% of my patients die, I would consider myself a failure. That's what's happening with abortion. And, and as far as that, that nomenclature of, oh, reproductive rights, women have more reproductive rights than ever in our history. You can go to Walgreens, which is two, two doors down, and get any kind of contraceptive you want any time of the day or night. We are simply advocating for common sense regulatory oversight, whether it's inspections of, of facilities like Planned Parenthood or parental notification, or I hate to say I'm envious of Indiana and, and Missouri where they have a 72-hour waiting period. A woman comes in, she sees a doctor, she says, yes, you're pregnant, young lady, but you gotta wait 72 hours. And in that 72 hours, that person can make up their mind about what to do. And in that 72 hours, a lot of young women change their minds. That's choice to me. In the wake of this extreme legislation, are pro-life folks uh, in Springfield community, your sphere of influence, more energized right now? People are more energized than I've seen in quite some time. Uh, as you may recall, back in March, there was a legislative action day. 
the theater at the Secretary of State's office was full. Normally, year over year, when we've when we've had that event with the Catholic diocese and other churches, there's maybe a third of the way full. We were we had standing room only in a theater that seats 400, and that was followed up by the rally at the Capitol, that they were turning people away. They had reached their capacity of uh, what their uh, allowance was for people in the Capitol that day. That's what you're seeing. That's being motivated by this type of legislation. And then you had something like the movie Unplanned, which was supposed to be a box office failure. But instead of bringing in $2 million, it brought in $22 million. And that now it's international. So that's exciting news. So the movie Unplanned is making a difference, even right here in Springfield. It is. We are seeing that. Uh, we've had people come and volunteer because of what they saw in that movie. This is Illinois Family Spotlight. We will continue our conversation with 10 more with Springfield Right to Life after this. This is Michael Medved at michaelmedved.com for Town Hall. The collapse of the family stands at the heart of America's most pressing painful problems. Addiction and suicide, economic inequality, educational underperformance, and even homelessness. Recent statistics show that majorities of millennials who produce children do so outside of marriage. A University of Michigan study indicates that an amazing 20% of young adults report no contact, none, with their birth fathers. In response to the crisis, the left emphasizes redistribution of wealth or more generous welfare programs. On the right, we stress the need for religious revival to strengthen family life, despite the prevalence of divorce and out-of-wedlock birth, even among the fervently faithful. We need fresh efforts to change values and culture from leaders in government, media, business, religion, and education, mobilized under a two-word slogan, Family First. I'm Michael Medved. This is Illinois Family Spotlight. Monty Larrick here, and I'm joined by Tim Moore with Springfield Right to Life. We're uh, conducting this interview outside the Springfield Right to Life headquarters, and next door is uh, your good neighbor, Planned Parenthood. How's that going? You know, it's been interesting because what's happened is as we have become more active, Monty, we've seen them change their business model. You see these lovely trees behind us. Those were planted in the last six months. Many of them have died and have had to replant them. Uh, the reason they are planting those is because on Thursdays we have prayer warriors, Thursday's abortion day. Thur Thursday's the day where there's surgical abortions taking place next door. In Springfield, if you didn't know that, it's been going on for four years, or excuse me, three years. But they planted those trees because our prayer warriors line that sidewalk and pray, and they don't want their patients, so-called, to come in and see our prayer warriors praying. All of our signage is very peaceable. It says, love the woman, love the baby, or that kind of uh, pray to end abortion. And they've also responded to our activity, which is we have sidewalk counseling. We try to intercede as a woman comes in to have an abortion. We try to give them information so they can make their mind for other choices that the community provides to support them so they don't have to make the choice to kill their child. And we have sidewalk counselors, and that has caused their volunteer escorts to come out during the rain, the, the snow, the sleet, the sun, and be out on the sidewalk with us. So we keep changing their business model, and that's part of our goal at Springfield Right to Life. And you're also changing hearts and minds. 
Well, we do, and every day our witness that we, every, especially on Thursdays, we get a lot of honks uh, from people supporting us as they go by. You know, we get a couple of three-finger salutes once in a while. In fact, we kind of count those because we either figure that's uh, somebody's IQ or they're telling us that we're number one in their life. And we appreciate that support. But we feel like we're having an impact on the community. What do you think about these uh, reports of uh pro-life folks who are praying outside abortion clinics being essentially attacked. It's troubling. We live in a culture where certain elements of that culture do not want to have discussions. They want to react. And as opposed to having a discussion, there is a clear incitement to violence. We counsel all of our volunteers to be ready for that kind of action. So our policy is to not allow a person to go out on the sidewalk without a second person. Because you saw that, that video footage by that Pennsylvania legislator. Now, that was his footage, but other similar incidents, we have on camera from throughout the country are from two pro-lifers where uh, they've been attacked by a third person. And we, we capture that, we report it to the media like you and others. And, and that's been our response. I wanna have a discussion with that person or with the opposition. That person who's attacking our pro-life community may not want to have that discussion. Uh, if they do, they might want to have their lawyer there. That said, we find that most of those folks have uh, an abortion incident in their immediate life relationships, girlfriend, boyfriend, daughter, etc. I've had and other people have had people come up to them and, who are now part of the pro-life movement who used to be who used to be pro-abortion they said you know I was that angry person I was the person flipping you off but that was because I had an abortion or my daughter had an abortion and I I was pushing that anger out on you that's what I see as the cause of the underlying cause what do we do in response to something like that uh, do we just turn the other cheek and don't press charges what do you think it's a tough situation. Uh, certainly, we have to let justice prevail. Our tack at Springfield Right to Life and other pro-life organizations has been we have to love them. Even when we don't want to love them, we know that God wants to love them. And so we have to ask God, let his love show through us. So now, specifically, if an event like that happens, our folks are counseled to walk away, not to engage. Our folks are counseled videotape the event, walk away, call 911, don't engage. Animal behavior, what it is, a lot of times that gets the best of us and we want to defend ourselves. I get that, but that's, that's not what we counsel. We counsel for folks to videotape it and walk away. Tim, think about having to pay for abortions through your insurance plan here at Springfield Right to Life. It's an extreme measure. And the governor is sure to sign it. How does the pro-life community respond? There's so much that pro-lifers can do. I would ask people to get out of their comfort zone. What I mean by that is this. You see, I have 40 days for life on my shirt. We just ended 40 days for life. Most successful 40 days for life campaign ever. And what that is, is for 40 days in a row, we pray. People come and they pray out in front of Planned Parenthood or whatever their abortion facility provider is in their, in their neighborhood. Prayer is key. We've seen prayer change hearts, minds. 
we pray for the workers that work in these facilities. Sometimes that's their only employment. And then we have to be thinking, well, if they decide to leave this place, where do they go to work? Well, we help them find a job. Likewise, we have to be our Lord's hands and feet when it comes to loving the mother as much as we love the baby. Because a lot, a lot of times we get accused of being baby lovers. In other words, you, you, all you care about is that baby being born. Once that baby's born, you ignore him and you never take care of the mother, which is completely incorrect. There are more pregnancy care centers in Illinois than there are abortion centers, and we're thankful for that. I would ask people to step up and support those folks financially. And I say that because sometimes you say, I can't go out because I'm in a wheelchair, or I can't go to that rally at the Capitol because I'm, I'm traveling that day. Send a check in to, to Springfield Right to Life, to 40 Days for Life, to First Step Women's Center, to your favorite pregnancy care center, those people that are advocating for life issues. And then there's always volunteering. We need folks at the state fair. We get more people that go by the state fair. Last year, we counted over 12,000 people to walk by our booth at the state fair. And most of them that went by, they went, oh, because we had a visual representation of the 650,000 abortions that took place in 2014. We did it with pony bees. We're gonna have that again this year. So when you see that, that's, that's a mind-changing event. And so we ask you, come and volunteer, learn about it. Be able to speak intelligently about it. Our, our website has gobs of information. Learn what that baby is. Our science, the science will win out. When, when you talk to another person, leave the God talk aside. And I, I love the Lord. Uh, I'm, I'm a Jesus freak. There's nothing I can do about that. Uh, Amen. I'm sold out. I nothing I can do. So I work for him. But when I'm talking to a person, I don't know if they're a believer or not, I need to talk science because that's their that's the metal that they that they rest their case on. And the other side, they ignore science. That's not a clump of cells. That's that's a child that has its own DNA, its own fingerprints, its own uh, hair color and eye color separate from the mom. Its own heartbeat. Its own and that heartbeat is beaten not in conjunction with moms. It's beaten opposite moms. So there's learn the science. It's not hard. It's really interesting actually. Well, you're an attorney. Are there portions of this extreme legislation that you think could be successfully challenged in court? Oh, I have no doubt in my military mind about that because there are some aspects of this bill that, that hearken to a bill that was struck down, a law that was struck down in California just last year by the United States Supreme Court. There are issues that, that bubble up in this bill that go clearly against the First Amendment, our right to free speech. Illinois is very good at being surreptitious on legislation like this. As I mentioned earlier, they kind of they kind of put everything in there and then let's see what happens because they know that they don't stand constitutional muster. We have to have a Supreme Court, however. Illinois Supreme Court, Illinois judges at the appellate and local level that see, that are constitutionalists, that see that. And then we have to have a United States Supreme Court that stands by the Constitution, that doesn't see penumbras in the Constitution. And the old adage is, elections matter, particularly when it comes to judges. Elections matter in a big way. Look at what President Trump has done to the United States Supreme Court. He has stirred the pot so big that the, the left has come out hammer and tongs against people of good character like, like Justice Kavanaugh, 
and they will do anything to stop the next Supreme Court justice. So part of my prayer is that whoever that next justice is, our people need to be praying for that person right now, not wait until the nomination comes out. Pray for that person right now. All right, Tim Moore with Springfield Right to Life. Tim, how can people connect with Springfield Right to Life? How can they help you folks out? Monty, thank you for asking that question because we need volunteers. They can always come to our website at springfieldrtl.org. We need funds. We're, we're a nonprofit. All, we have one staff member, and it's not me. We need funds to, to run our organization, to pay the lights and gas bill, to uh, have events, to, to support programs that we are trying to uh, make permanent, like the sidewalk counseling program. If folks will help us out financially as well, and we covered everyone's prayers, uh, it probably goes without saying, but I have to say it anyway. All right. Thank you so much, Tim. And a big thank you to Liz Eilers Braun with Springfield Right to Live and WLUJ Radio here in Springfield for helping put this interview together. God bless you folks. Please tell a friend about Illinois Family Spotlight. And until next time, God bless. Thank you for listening to Illinois Family Spotlight. For more information, please visit us at ifiaction.org and look for us on Facebook and Twitter. If you would like to email us questions or comments, please do so at feedback at ifiaction.org. Until next time, stay engaged and keep your eyes on the prize.